I'm going to uh, start a new series uh, for uh, this week. Uh, it's called the, What Would Jesus Not Do? Uh, you remember several years ago, the bracelets were really popular with WWJD. And um, that was What Would Jesus Do? And we're going to see what would Jesus not do? What would be the things uh, that he sees today that he would not like? And so uh, there's plenty of those. But we're going to be focusing in on uh, three or four of them. And so today we're going to be uh, talking about spiritual indifference or, or apathy, just our our spiritual apathy many times. And so I'm going to start with a word of prayer, and then uh, I'm just going to jump in and give you the sermon for today. And uh, I hope that you're blessed. I hope that this, uh, this message will bless you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for the opportunity to worship together, no matter... Uh, in what format it is, Lord. We, uh, we thank you for the ability to worship through video, and we thank you for the ability uh, to hear God's Word through video and not just live, God. And thank you for the technology of us being able to do that, Lord, and for such a time as this. And God, I want to pray for all of our family, all of our landmark family that are, are sick, Father God, those that are quarantining, those who have loved ones that have it, God, those who have lost loved ones during this time of year. Lord, and the holidays many times are... Uh, hard enough, God, without uh, uh, adding to it. And God, uh, all of this other stress has been added. And God, we just want to pray for everyone who's sick. We pray for 100% healing of their bodies, Lord. I pray that, God, you would just restore their complete health to them, Father God. And I pray uh, for those that are not sick, Lord, would you just put a hedge of protection around us, put your Holy Spirit around us and your angels and protect us, uh, God, from, uh, from uh, sickness, from the virus. Uh, Lord, not just the virus, but many other things, Lord, many people with pneumonia, bronchitis, and I just pray, God, that you just uh, keep us all safe from that, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we just pray for your church. We know that uh, the gates of hell uh, will not prevail against your church, Father God, and so we know that uh, none of this catches you off guard, and so, God, we just ask for the protection of your church, even as everybody's not able to physically be there in the church, God. May we still find ways to minister to one another, God, and so... Uh, be with this time now, Lord. Uh, get me out of the way. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to use me as an empty vessel today. God, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in the blood of the Lamb. And God, Holy Spirit, just fill me to overflowing and uh, anoint this video. Anoint the words that come out of my mouth, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, so what would Jesus not do today? So we're going to kind of uh, just uh, go through that. I want you to think about what we just got through with Christmas. Uh, what if I got you a Christmas gift uh, that was worth one year's salary for me? And I spent, uh, obviously, lavishly. I spent uh, a lot of money on you. I spent the entire time uh, picking it out, anticipating your face, your reaction, your excitement, um, wh how you would react to that. Uh, you know, and I'm just, I'm super excited to give you this gift because I know the sacrifice and everything that went into it. And I give you the gift, and you don't even look at it. You just set it to the side, you put it back under the tree, and you leave that gift sitting under the tree after I sacrificed everything and uh, sacrificed everything I had, everything I could afford, and I was anticipating your reaction, and you didn't even acknowledge my gift. And you know, many times that's what we do to the Lord. Uh, the Lord has given everything for us. Uh, if you would, uh, would you imagine with me uh, just uh, the Lord Jesus? Uh, let's, let's think of the Father first. The Father said, I'm going to send my son, John 3, 16. We all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So uh, God the Father decides to give us the greatest gift of all, his Son, for the forgiveness of our sins and our salvation. Uh, and then uh, Jesus himself steps out of heaven and he lives an entirely, completely holy life for 33 years and then he endures torture. He endures the most uh, horrible, torturous death, uh, death by crucifixion, which was reserved for only the worst criminals. And um, he does all of this for you to give you the greatest gift, uh, the redemption of your life, uh, the forgiveness of your sins that you and I don't deserve, a gift totally undeserved. He sacrifices everything for us. Uh, we experience forgiveness of sins. We experience life to the full or life abundantly, as he puts it. Uh, we experience having the living word at our fingertips. God's given us uh, the Holy Bible. He's given us his word. Uh, he's given us access uh, to the throne through prayer. Uh, we don't have to go through a high priest now. We can go directly to the throne and bring our petitions and our requests before God. Uh, he charges you uh, with spiritual purpose. He gives you a purpose for your life. He gives you a reason to get up in the morning. He gives you a reason to live. And then the Bible even says that he gives you the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He gives you power. And then, of course, he gives you the assurance of eternal life, that this life is not all there is, that uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen? And so he's given us the greatest gift. He sacrificed everything for us. Uh, he has given, uh, again, back to John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. And so he's given us the greatest gift of all, sacrifice everything for you and I so that we can have a life full of purpose and meaning and a life of forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven after this life is over. And then we go in uh, day in and day out, uh, many days without him ever crossing our mind, or maybe he never crosses your mind. Uh, this is called spiritual indifference. And this is not a new problem to our generation. Uh, in the book of Revelation, Jesus wrote a letter to seven different churches, all right? And one of the churches, and you'll probably recognize this uh, church name, uh, was the church at Laodicea. Now let me give you a little bit of background at the church of Laodicea. Uh, the church at Laodicea was a wealthy city, and uh, 35 years prior to this letter being written, uh, 35 years earlier, uh, the city was destroyed by an earthquake. And then in that 35 years, they had rebuilt the city, and they had done an awesome job. They had uh, put all of their efforts and all of their energy into rebuilding their city. Uh, they, they rebuilt it beautifully. It, uh, they had, had theaters, uh, stadiums, lavish public baths, shopping centers. It was what we would consider uh, a very modern city and a, and a hot place to be uh, for the time, all right? Uh, and so uh, Laodicea was, uh, was a very prominent city and uh, where many people wanted to be. Uh, uh, but after this had happened, after the uh, city had been destroyed by this earthquake, they had a major problem, and that was that they had an inadequate water supply. And uh, you'll know anything about history. Uh, uh, before there was plumbing and everything, uh, cities were <clears throat> usually built near adequate water supplies because water is essential uh, for living and surviving. And so uh, one of the major problems was that they had an inadequate water supply. So what they ended up having to do was they ended up having to pipe in water from two places. Uh, one was Colossae, uh, which was up in the mountains, and so it was cold mountain water. So they received all their cold water and their water for drinking and their water for uh, uh, feeding, uh, for giving to the animals and for their crops. Uh, 
uh, with the, the water piped in from Colossae, uh, cold mountain water. And then the other city was called Heropolis. And the city of Heropolis was famous for its hot springs. Uh, so it was for hot water. It was for medicinal water. It was for the water they needed uh, to uh, to make medicine and uh, and to uh, to use for uh, medicinal things. And so they had the the cold mountain water coming from Colossae, and they had the uh, hot springs coming from Heropolis. All right. Uh, but here's the problem: when you pipe in water and it has to come a certain distance, by the time that water got to Laodicea, uh, it was no longer cold and it was no longer hot. Uh, it was dirty, it was tepid, and maybe you'll remember this word from the letter to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. And so it's no mistake, again, God's wording is perfect, God's timing is perfect, and so in the book of Revelation, the wording is used in a, uh, in a way that lay, the people of Laodicea will recognize very much so, because they know all about luke, lukewarm water, that it's really useless. It's, uh, by the time the water had gotten them, not only was it lukewarm, it was dirty, it was nasty, and it was a lot of times it was useless, all right? Uh, so let's go to the scripture. Uh, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 3, uh, most of it today, all right? So uh, Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And he says this, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Wow. Uh, pretty strong language there, isn't it? Uh, literally, uh, being said here, you, you make me sick to my stomach. All right? Uh, your lukewarmness, your apathy is uh, making me sick to my stomach. It makes me literally want to vomit you out of my mouth. Um in other words, he's telling them several things. He says, uh, you are spiritually stale. You've lost your, your fire. You've lost any love that you had. You are uh, depressingly detached. You ever been there spiritually? You're just depressingly detached. It just seems like uh, sometimes we go through the spiritual desert and we realize that we are way, way far off from God. And so we need to understand that uh, the Lord is there for us. Uh, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but many times... Uh, we just go through a spiritual desert time, and we feel like we are uh, stale. We feel like we are depressingly detached. Uh, and he says this. He says, you don't just break my heart. You turn my stomach. I literally want to spit you out of my mouth, all right? So some pretty strong language used there for the church at Laodicea. And I would submit to you today that many times this is the church today. Uh, we are spiritually apathetic. We, we are meeting. We are going through the motions. We're having all the meetings, but many times uh, we've lost our fire. Uh, we've lost our passion. And uh, I know I've been there many times. I know you've been there many times. And church, uh, there is no greater time than right now. We need to reignite our passion. We need to refine our passion and refine our purpose. Amen. You may say, well, what you know? How can we do that with everything going on? You know, church is not even being able to meet, and you're having to do it by video. I'm here to tell you, God doesn't need any of that. God can use whatever is available. And uh, he tells us the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we don't have to fear anything. If God be for us, then who can be against us? Amen. And so uh, we need to reignite our passion. Uh, we just That just means we have to be more creative, uh, just like using technology. We have to find uh, maybe new, different ways to spread the gospel. And that's all right. Here's the thing people don't understand. Sometimes people want to get stuck in the past 
and uh, and they lose their passion uh, for the present and the future. But I'm here to tell you, it's wonderful, the things of the past, but I'm here to tell you, we, you cannot live in the past, all right? We must find our passion. Uh, the message never changes, but the uh, strategies and the way that we share the message, uh, culture and technology is constantly changing, so we always are having to be more creative in finding new ways to share the gospel, all right? All right, so I'm going to give you a few things here. I'm going to give you uh, two causes of spiritual indifference, all right? And so if you are experiencing spiritual indifference or spiritual apathy, uh, here's two of the things that will cause it. And we're going to look at them again from the church at Laodicea. Uh, number one is self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency, self, sorry, self-sufficiency, all right? And we're going to be reading Romans chapter 3, verse 17. We'll go to the next verse. And it says this, because you say, I am rich, uh, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Wow. Uh, so he says, you think you're doing good. You say, I have all I need. I don't need God. Uh, and, and I find that uh, for many people, the stumbling block uh, to getting to God is their own pride and their own arrogance and their own ego. People that uh, do well and, and make good money and maybe they are very self-sufficient. They've built a business from the ground up and they say, I've done everything. God hasn't done anything for me. I've done it all. And look at me. By, I've done it by the sweat of my brow and I have no need of God. That's a very dangerous thing. Uh, the Bible speaks very clearly to uh, pride comes before the fall. And uh, anything that you have in your life, the Bible says, uh, it is a gift from the Father. It's only because God has allowed you to have it in your life. And as quickly as the Lord gives it to us, He can take it away. It can be gone. And so we need to understand that. We need to get rid of any pride or ego that we have about anything that we have in this life. Because the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. All right? All right. So self-sufficiency. Uh, uh, and here's what the Lord uh, responds to that. He says, you have worldly wealth. But guess what? You're spiritually bankrupt. You may have everything you need from a financial standpoint, but you are spiritually bankrupt and you have nothing. Uh, your lives are full of stuff, but your lives are empty of any meaning or any purpose. Uh, that's very true. Otherwise, why would celebrities, uh, famous people, why would they be trying to fill a void in their life with drugs and alcohol and money? People who have uh, endless wealth, endless fame, and we think, if I could just have even a portion of that, man, I'd be so happy. But yet, they're committing suicide. Uh, they're depressed. They uh, are just struggling. And yet, the rest of us look at them and go, if I could just even have a portion of that, uh, my life would be great. No, it would not. Uh, stuff will not fill your life. Money will not fill your life. Uh, there is a void inside of us that can only be filled by the Spirit of God. That's why uh, when you get something, it makes you happy temporarily, And uh, but it's it's like uh, Solomon said, it's like chasing after the wind. It just, it's never enough. It's never enough, all right? All right, the number two cause of spiritual indifference is distractions, all right? Now for this, we're going to go to Mark chapter 4, verse 19. So uh, let me get there, if you would. Mark chapter 4, verses 19. And uh, the distractions of this world, all right? And it says this, and this is from, uh, from Jesus speaking. He says, In the cares of this world, um, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, entering in, 
choke the word and it becomes unfruitful in your life. All right. So we become distracted by the things of this life. Uh, I find this is a huge one with people because a lot of people are like, you know, I'd like to go to church. I'd like to live for God. I'd like to give God some of my time. But man, I got bills to pay. I got places to be. I got people to meet. Uh, there's always something to do at home. There's always dishes to do. There's always laundry to do. I got to run the kids to practice. I got to run the kids to this. I got to get my oil changed. I'm a, I'm a member of the PTA and the Better Business Bureau, and I'm, I'm part of all these organizations, and there's just not time for God in my life. And where many people want to be is they want to recognize Jesus. They want to know about Jesus, but I really don't have time to get to know him on a personal level. In other words, here's where a lot of people are. I want just enough Jesus in my life to make me feel better. Sound familiar? I think a lot of people are there. Uh, Lord, I'll see you at Easter and Christmas, maybe, if there's no uh, COVID going on, if there's nothing else going on. And uh, Lord, uh, other than that, I just don't have time. There's too many other things in my life. Uh, but Lord, I, I recognize you're there, and uh, I want you to be there when I get in trouble and when I'm struggling. Then I can come pray to you, uh, and I can come seek you uh, when things are bad. Uh, but then I really, just really don't have time for you on a regular daily basis. Uh, do not get just enough Jesus to make you feel better. Uh, you need Jesus. Christianity is not religion. Christianity should be a way of life. It should be something that affects every single area, aspect, and decision of my life. All right. Um, so here's, uh, I'm going to give you six things of why we live with lukewarm indifference. All right. Why we put up with and why we just get comfortable in it. All right. Uh, number two, I'm sorry, number one, uh, why we live with lukewarm indifference. Number one, we are more concerned with impressing people than we are living for God. Man, that is extremely true, isn't it? Uh, we are more concerned with impressing people than we are living for God. We are so worried about what everybody else thinks. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what people think. There will only be uh, one person uh, when you die, when you leave this life, and I've got news for you. We're all going to die. Death is a part of life. And uh, unless the Lord comes back, I'm going to die. You're going to die. And when we do, we're going to stand before one person and one person only, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter. If you live your life just based on uh, what people think and trying to uh, please people all the time, you will live a very empty life. Uh, number two reason, we're obsessed with life on earth rather than life for eternity. Uh, you know, we sing an old song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And uh, the Bible uh, says that. It says that uh, we are pilgrims passing through here, uh, that you don't live your life uh, obsessed with this world. This is just a temporary assignment. Uh, when you compare your 75, 80 years of your lucky here on earth to uh, your life for all of eternity in heaven, uh, this life is nothing. It's a grain of sand uh, in a, on an entire beach. Amen. And so <clears throat> we need to understand that we need to live our life. That's where it says uh, that we need to live our lives putting, putting up treasures in heaven. Uh, because you, you build treasures here on earth. That's wonderful. But guess what? You're going to leave them all behind. And in the end, they're not going to matter. The Lord's not going to be concerned with uh, how much your house cost, how big your house was. The Lord is not going to be concerned with how successful your business was. The Lord is not going to be concerned uh, with uh, what kind of car you drove 
what kind of clothes you wore. Uh, he's not going to be interested in any of that, and it will all turn to dust. All right. Uh, number three, we rationalize sin and we live without truly fearing God. Um, boy, we are masters of rationalizing our sin, aren't we? We even change the names, don't we? Uh, we we you know uh, we want to uh, uh, call sin by other names. We want to call it little white lies or or fibs, uh, you know, and we want to call adultery an affair because that doesn't uh, sound as bad. And uh, we want to uh, uh, you know uh, they change the name of uh, pornography to adult entertainment. Uh, any name that we can rationalize it with, make it sound not quite as bad, uh, make it not sound quite as, as sinful, all right? And so we spend our lives rationalizing sin. Well, yeah, I have this problem in my life, but at least I don't have the problem that he or she has over there. Uh, listen, there's you play the comparison game, you're going to lose every time uh, because uh, the Lord is not interested in you comparing yourself to others. He's interested in you recognizing sin in your life. What are your problems? What are your issues? You don't need to be looking through a window at somebody else's life. You need to be looking in a mirror at your own life. And I need to be doing the same, all right? Uh, number four, we believe in Jesus, but we rarely share our faith. Um, man, this is so true. Uh, I have a belief in Jesus, uh, but I'm just not quite excited enough to tell other people about what he's done in my life and how he's changed my life. Listen, we, you and I, again, going back to the gift, we've been given the greatest gift ever. Uh, my sins have been forgiven, and uh, I didn't deserve it, and I'm promised eternity in heaven, and I'm here to tell you, I, I need to be excited about that enough to open my mouth and share it with other people, all right? Why are we not doing that? Why are we not telling other people about the goodness of God and how God has changed my life? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. We ought to be shouting that every single day, all right? Uh, number five. We only turn to God when we need Him. I already referenced this. Uh, God's there, and we kind of keep Him off to the side so that when we need Him, when things get bad, when one of my loved ones gets sick, or when things I really begin to struggle, then I know God's there, and all of a sudden I go to Him. Uh, and you know, Instead of going to Him every single day. Listen, the Lord wants to uh, fellowship with you. He wants to be a part of your everyday life, not just when you're in trouble. All right? The Lord... <clears throat> wants to share not only in just your hard times he wants to share in your successes he wants to share in the good things <coughs> excuse me and he wants to share uh in um all of the good parts of your life too uh, so don't just go to him when you're in trouble all right and number six uh we don't live much different from the world and unfortunately that's very true the world looks at us as christians many times and they say well, they're not different from me. They do the same things I do. They watch the same things I watch. They, uh, they go the same places I go. And unfortunately, many times they don't see any kind of difference in our lives. They say, well, why do I want that? I don't, I don't need that. And so uh, they need to see something different in us. Uh, believers, Christians, they, the world needs to see uh, compassion, love, uh, mercy uh, out of us. All right. Uh, when they look at us, they should be looking at Jesus. Amen. That's one of the whole reasons of what would Jesus do movement came in was because uh, we needed people to understand if people will look at us and if they will see the qualities and the characteristics of Jesus, it will make a difference. It will get people's attention. All right. Our indifference, again, doesn't just break Jesus' heart. 
it makes him sick to his stomach. And I just want to be honest with you, I'm tired of making the Lord sick. I'm tired of my apathy or my indifference. Uh, I don't want to make the Lord sick. I want to make the Lord well-pleased. When I get to heaven one day, I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Uh, listen, again, this life is a marathon. And if you know a marathon, everybody starts at the starting line uh, on equal ground. Uh, it's it's easy to start good. It's much harder to finish at the finish line of a marathon and uh, and to finish strong, all right? And so uh, even at this uh, late chapter in my life, and maybe you're my age or even older, uh, listen, uh, stay strong because we can we can stumble, we can mess up at the end, and uh, we I want to finish strong just like I know you do, all right? Um, so I want to just give you some suggestions, and I'm going to kind of leave it at this today. Uh, how do I how do I get out of this spiritual indifference? How do I change my number one? Pray and ask Him to do it. All right, the Bible is very clear. You have not because you ask not. If you're spiritually indifferent or spiritually apathetic, go to the Lord. Ask the Lord. Lord, remove this from me. Remove this apathy. Give me a fire again. Give me an excitement again. And I'm praying that for me as an individual, and I'm praying that for us as a church, Landmark Baptist Church. Lord, show us new ways uh, to reach people. Reignite a passion inside of us, Lord. Uh, Lord, I know that this uh, uh, this COVID and this pandemic and, and everything that goes along with it has put many people in a spiritual funk, a spiritual depression. And uh, we need to rise up against that and say, Lord, uh, show us new ways, reignite our passion. That's what we need, Lord. And so um, if you would, uh, just do some of these things. I'm just going to give you a few suggestions. Number one, this is just things you could do on a daily basis. Number one, attempt something that you can't do without God's help. All right? How do we know when it's a God-sized task? When you look at it and you say, Lord, I can't do that on my own. Well, guess what? That's a God-sized task. And so attempt something every single day that you cannot do and you know you can't do it without God's help. Number two, pray for something in your life that's impossible. When have we stopped believing in miracles? Many times we just stop praying because we say we stop praying for our loved ones because we say, oh, they'll, they'll never come to the Lord. Or we stop praying for someone to be healed because we just say, well, that, that'll never happen. They're too far gone. Or we just uh, we stop praying for things in our life that we know God wants to do, but we've just gotten tired and weary of praying for them. And listen, I'm here to tell you, uh, we need to remember to keep praying for the things that are, that are impossible because the Word tells us that what's, uh, what the world says is impossible. God says all things are possible through Christ. All right? So keep praying for those things that are impossible. Give when it's a stretch to give. Trust God. Listen, uh, God has commanded us uh, to... Uh, to tithe and to to give, and many times we're in a financial bind. You, you that may be where you find yourself during this time that uh, your income is not what it was, and you're struggling financially, and it's a struggle to give. But I'm here to tell you today: uh, stretch yourself, learn to trust God. One thing I think that this uh, this situation in our world is teaching us is that we've got to increase our faith. We've got to increase our trust in God. We've got to increase our faith in God that he has this. Uh, he's got us in his hands and he's got us uh, in his protection. Um, here's a big one. Uh, apologize to someone. Forgive when you, even when you don't feel it. All right. Uh, the Bible makes a statement like this. It says, they will know that you're Christians by your love. All right. So we must love other people. We must forgive even when you might say, well, I didn't do anything wrong. And so why would I ask forgive? 
because the Bible tells us that uh, when we are not right with our brother or sister, then we are not right with him. That's why he even says, if you are uh, bringing your offering, leave it at the altar and then go and get right with your brother or sister. Uh, to obey is better than sacrifice. All right. Uh, so he calls us to be right with all people. Uh, all you can really do is your part. You may say, well, you don't know what they did to me or you don't know uh, how they hurt me or how they wounded me. Listen, all you can do is do your part that God has told you to do. And he's told us to be at peace uh, with everyone. And so you do your part. You can't uh, affect how they respond to it. But you can walk away saying, you know what? I know that I did my part and I did what God told me to do. And then uh, last uh, is reach out to someone that God puts on your heart. And uh, that can be uh, physically eye to eye. That can be maybe God puts someone on your heart uh, to pick up the phone and call them, encourage them. Uh, maybe it's just a text. Again, technology can be a wonderful thing. You can text someone and just say, hey, I want you to know I love you. I'm praying for you today. Uh, many times I'll just, uh, uh, if I've got some time and I'm sitting waiting somewhere, I'll go through my contact list and just say, Lord, put on my heart here uh, who just needs some encouragement. I'll go through the contact list and just pray for people. And then I'll just send them a short text. Hey, I just want you to know I thought about you just now and I prayed for you. And it's amazing how just a simple act like that will bless people. All right. And so I wanted to end today with uh, Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 20. And uh, let me go back to Revelation, sorry. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, because I want you to know the Lord is always as near as a prayer way. He ends, uh, we'll end with this on uh, verse 20. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. Amen. What a promise. In fact, I want to give you an opportunity today. Uh, if you were to say, Brother Mark, I'm, I'm just not where I need to be spiritually. I've never given my heart to the Lord. Uh, or maybe you might say, you know, I, I did I did that a long time ago, but I'm just not sure where I'm at with the Lord. Uh, it's never too late to just recommit yourself to the Lord and just say, Lord, I need to come back to you. And so here's, uh, I want to lead you in a prayer today. And I want to ask you to do something for me. If you pray this prayer with me, I want you to respond to this video and just comment and say, I prayed that prayer with you just so we can know and then we can continue uh, to pray for you. All right. Uh, so if that's you today, if you'd say, Brother Mark, I need, to, I need to come to the Lord or I need to come back to the Lord. Would you bow your head and would you pray this prayer with me in your heart, your mind, and your spirit? Just say, Dear Jesus, I love you today and I admit that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I need you. And I believe you died on that cross for my sins. And Jesus, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save me from myself. I love you. I commit myself to you. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you prayed that prayer. And if you did pray that prayer, please comment. And just let me know. All you have to say is, I prayed that prayer with you. And uh, we're, we're excited about that. Uh, so this, uh, we'll do this again next Sunday. And hopefully we'll be able to physically meet uh, in the next, uh, after a couple of weeks. All right. God bless you. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday.